Welcome to the Hunt Back Country podcast. This is episode number 446. And today we get to share the story of a very special hunt. It's a once in a lifetime bighorn sheep hunt in Idaho's Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness. Our guest, Jason, had the tag and he hunted it with his wife, Alyssa. And it is a great story for a very special hunt. And as you will hear about, the experience certainly did not disappoint. We have some photos from this hunt as well as a full-length video that Jason and Alyssa put together, and you can check that out at the link in the show description. Also, in the show description, you'll find links to contact us if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for the show. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you for all the support. Let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Well, Jason and Alyssa, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to chat with you guys. Um, I It's fun for me because I've seen you guys out hunting. You've been using our packs for years. So we just, you know, I've seen field photos. We've exchanged emails, all that good stuff. But uh, first time getting on the podcast and talking more directly. And I'm excited to to do that with you. But to start with, go ahead and give us a little bit of a introduction and background just for who you guys are, where you're from, just whatever you want to share to provide context for listeners. Perfect. Well, first off, thanks for having us. This is super exciting for us to get to come on here after listening for years. Um, but yeah, so I'm Jason. Um, a little bit of background. I was raised hunting. Um, it's my dad's passion. He actually chose a career of cement finishing so that he could set his own schedule and that he could hunt and stuff like that. So my brother and I, we were raised in the mountains, basically. And um, yeah, raised in Oregon, um, did a lot of blacktail hunting growing up. And uh, we would travel to eastern Oregon for our family vacations every year and hunt over in that high desert country. So that that holds a special place for me. But yeah, raised hunting. Um, I was super blessed to meet Alyssa now about five or six years ago. And um, she's a big time hunter too. And so it's just become our passion that the two of us, we go out and hunt whenever we can. We shed hunt in the spring and scout in the summer and hunt in the fall. So it's just, um, it's just kind of our way of life and we really enjoy doing it together. So I just feel super fortunate um, that it's just been a way of life for me since the time I was born. And I'm Alyssa. And uh, yeah, I was not raised in a hunting family. I was like pretty much the opposite. So, um, but got into it in high school and then just kind of grew from there, started bow hunting and um, really kind of dove deep into that and then decided I needed a career that was somewhat flexible. So I ended up deciding to do taxidermy, Um, went to school in Idaho for that and then ended up going and apprenticing for a couple really awesome uh, taxidermists over in Colorado. And, And actually that's where I ended up meeting Jason. So even though we're both from Oregon, we didn't meet till I was in Idaho or uh, Colorado. So, but um, yeah, it's been great. It's a, uh, it's a lot of fun being able to both go hunt together and um, our plans usually work out to where we can both go at the same time. And it's been awesome. We just got mules here a couple years ago. And so we've been training those. They're pretty green. We just bought young green mules. So they're finally coming around to where they can pack some meat and stuff. So that's been really fun too, kind of using them, working with them and then seeing them, you know, get to the point where we're actually able to use them in the mountains. What was that connection in high school for you, Alyssa, to start hunting? Um, For some reason, I've always been really interested in it and just like self-sufficiency. And um, so, yeah, I, I ended up getting a 22 for my 16th birthday and would just go shoot out in the field all the time. Like that's all I wanted for my birthday was a gun. And that's the only gun my dad would allow me to have. <laughs> and so, <laughs> ended up meeting some friends and and they were able to lend me a gun and got my first black tail tag and um, ended up getting a buck that season and I was just hooked from there. So that's yeah. cool. I gotta ask the details of you guys meeting when you were in Colorado that have anything to do with Jason you killing something and going into the taxidermy shop or was it not at all that? No, no, that would have been a much more like cool fitting story. <laughs> but ironically we actually met on instagram and uh yeah i I don't even know how it started but i I saw on her little profile bio that she was from oregon and i was like well she's pretty good looking so i 
I uh, DM'd her and I was like, hey, so I see her from Oregon. I'm from Oregon too. And uh, we started messaging back and forth and ended up just hitting it off. And it was just honestly just a humongous blessing because I, I was, I don't know, I was over 30 at the time and I was kind of set on, I was like, oh, I'll just be a you know single guy. I'll go hunt a bunch and stuff. And it's honestly been a huge blessing. Now I still get to hunt a bunch, but I just get to do it with Alyssa instead of by myself. So it was kind of funny how it started, but man, what a huge blessing. Well, I know you guys have done a ton of adventures today. We could talk about a lot of different things, but we did want to talk specifically about a special hunt you guys had this fall. And uh, I know it's going to be a fun adventure to hear about. And Steve, a little bit near and dear to your heart, a Frank Church yeah. sheep hunt. <laughs> I know. I listen yeah. to your podcast, Steve, beforehand and heard about you and Tyler struggling. And so that was kind of a reality check. Going into it, I was like, Oh, I'm going to hunt hard. I'm fortunate to have a ton of time. Like there's no way I'll not kill, kill a sheep. You know, like I'll get it done. I'll be one of the ones. And then I listened to your podcast and I was like, oh man, if Steve and Tyler were struggling, I was like, maybe this isn't going to be so awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything easy about going in there. That's for sure. There was not. And I'm actually glad that it didn't work out the way I had it drawn up in my head because it was a lot more memorable adventure. Yeah. (laughs) So had you, Jason, been consistently putting in for sheep each year as that trophy species, or have you bounced around with, uh, you know, the opportunity to apply for sheep versus goat versus moose there in Idaho? Yeah, so people hate me for this, but it was my first time applying for sheep in Idaho. So <laughs> I love muleys, so I, den- I generally tend to apply for uh, deer and elk and antelope. So yeah. I was like, oh, this year, like we have time. Like I said, we we had sold our house down in Swan Valley and moved up to Chalice. And we had chosen to, you know, invest a lot of time and effort into videoing our hunts and stuff. And so we had some time set aside this fall. So I was like, well, th- like if I'm going to draw a sheep tag, this would be the year to do it. So back in whenever February or whatever, I I decided to apply for sheep for the first time and got really fortunate and drew the tag. I mean, you apply knowing it can happen. Like you said, you had some logistics of, hey, it'd be a good year. I have time. But still, it's not like you apply and I don't know. What were your expectations on like, oh, this probably is not going to happen. It's a pipe dream. Or did you? I don't know. It was just such a unique thing to apply for the first time and get it. It was uh, definitely. I did not think I would actually draw. So, um, yeah, I applied and I was like, well, we're super fortunate being in you know Idaho. We have some cool general tags that we can go hunt and stuff so it was like even if we don't draw anything it's still going to be a super fun fall so I put in and I was we were just planning our general deer and elk hunts and stuff like that and uh man then fast forward to May we were over in actually we were over in the Black Hills riding our mules and uh, got the email I think it was in May got the email from Idaho Fish and Game that I drew the tag and I couldn't believe it I was I was sitting there with Alyssa and I opened up my email and saw that little green box that says, you know, successful. I was like, holy smokes. Like, I, it took <laughs> for it to sink in. I, I told Alyssa first and I was just totally in awe. Like I couldn't believe it. And uh, then the next thing I was like, oh, I got to call my dad. He's going to be so excited. So it was, I did not expect to draw it at all. And when I got that email, it was like definitely a, a moment that's burned into my memory is just opening that email for the first time and then did the old like close out open up my email again close out sign in again it was <laughs> still, still there and i was like all right this is gonna be sweet oh that's wild yeah it was pretty sweet it was definitely memorable what was uh your thoughts Alyssa? i don't i mean were you familiar with what that meant or what a sheep hunt in the frank looked like was that something you had researched anything like that yeah we had uh we'd both listen to your podcast and and talking about sheep hunting and stuff and i mean i've seen videos and stuff but i really didn't think i'd ever go on a sheep hunt just because it's pretty limited especially growing up in oregon it takes so many points to ever be able to draw a sheep tag and so that's not really something i thought i was be able to do but um when he first got the email it was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, really? Because I'm the type of person that I never draw anything. And, and he ends up drawing quite a few things. And so uh, it was just like, oh, man, I didn't think this was going to be, you know, a reality, like him uh, putting in for that. So, um, 
but yeah, I was a little bit bummed. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to miss uh, archery elk. <laughs> and I just found a really good wallow last year that I wanted to sit on. And so all year I've been like planning to sit on this wallow like opening day. And so I was like, oh man, I'm not going to be able to do that. Then, and then it was like, okay, what do we need to prepare for? And, you know, we have pretty green mules. And at first we we're thinking about taking the mules in there. So I was like, just starting to think about all the logistics and like, how is this going to work out and, and all of that stuff. So for sure, it was like, we have a lot to figure out, but this is going to be awesome. So yeah. yeah, it immediately went to logistics. It was like excitement and we couldn't believe it. And then it was like, Ooh, all right. Now that we got this tag, we want to, you know, do it justice. So it was like, what's the next steps to get ready to give ourselves the best chance to enjoy this hunt? Cause there's a lot of logistics going into that country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, finding out in May and then like season comes quick between just figuring out logistics and narrowing down areas, you know, whether you're going to scout, like thinking through all the, like you guys, mules or not, and all that stuff. I mean, that the time goes by fast. It really did. It went by super fast. It was, you know, practicing with my rifle. I got a new scope, you know, just for this hunt specifically. And so it was like kind of upgrading gear. We got our new exo packs and stuff. And so it was like, what gear do we need? What gear do we want? You know, how are we going to get into this country? Which is, it's a ton of fun. And that's like a big part of the process that you really want to soak in is the preparation and scouting and stuff. But it was, a, it did go by quickly. It, the season came fast. What, how did you narrow things down? Did you do any summer scouting or much summer scouting? I mean, how familiar with you were you with? I'm, I guess to back up for listeners who may not be aware, like you do select a, a unit, you know, you're selecting an area. So you know what your hunt area is, but still, it's the Frank, so much country, sheep aren't dense. Like it's just a lot to begin to filter through and narrow down. So what did that look like for you preseason? It was a lot. Um, so, I had never been in the unit and like set foot in the unit um, before scouting. So I chose the unit just by looking at maps online and Google Earth. And uh, I actually chose that unit because I was like, it looks like we could probably get the mules into this country. And that ended up not happening. We It, it wasn't very feasible to get the mules in there just because of water and where the sheep are and trying to take care of mules at camp and stuff like that. It ended up not being we we didn't take the mules but that was why i chose it just it looked like cool country to spend time in and it looked like we could get the mules in there but then i had to wait till july when snow melted off enough that i could actually get in there set foot in the unit and uh start scouting so yeah to answer your question i was super fortunate to take three scouting trips in there um and spent the scouting trips i did alone and the first one, I was there like three days. Then I was only in there two days on the second one. And then the third one, we actually just started. Alyssa went with me on that one, actually. And we started packing our stuff in because I had I had spotted rams on the second trip in. And we kind of knew where we were going to go. So we actually took a load of gear in there prior to season, then came back out, met up with my dad and went in for the hunt. What gear were you packing in? With my dad going, he's what is dad 67 now? I yeah, think. he turned 67 while we're up there in sheep camp. So, yeah, so my dad was That's... 67. We, uh, we it was super important to us to get like to experience that country and a sheep hunt with my dad. He's never drawn, he's lived in Oregon most of his life and just never was the lucky mm -hmm. one to draw a sheep tag. And uh, so that was part of the logistics was like, all right, is this country that my dad can get into? He's tough and in good shape and, you know, passionate about hunting. He's pretty gritty. So it was like if there was a way he would go in there. And um, so that was part of the logistics. And then um, to help him get in there, we wanted his pack to be in like the 25 to 30 pound range on the way in. So we we took in actually our tent, sleeping bags and a bunch of food that first trip on Season opened, okay. I think, August 30th, and we went in the 25th and dropped off um, just hung bags of food that, like, most of the way in there and and our tent and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. That first trip, uh, setting foot in the unit, you're solo, obviously excited. But what was your, I guess, what was your experience and thoughts like getting into the unit, getting in the country? It sounds like you didn't find rams on the first trip. I'm just curious, kind of. 
how it went, if there's any takeaways from the first guiding trip or just what your mindset was either going into it or coming out of that specific first first experience. Yeah, my goal the first trip was just to lay eyes on the country, see it in real life, see how steep it really is and see how the trail system was. Just see like logistically, can you go from, you know, point A to point B and, you know, is it going to take one day or is it going to take three hours or whatever, just to kind of get a realistic expectation of the country. Um, and I was really fortunate. I actually, we actually bought a mule from a guy who had the tag, um, last year. So he had really good information for me and, um, he was super helpful, really willing to share what he learned about that country. So that was a huge, um, part of, you know, my success on the hunt eventually. But so I had some, some spots marked on the map, but the main goal of the first trip was get in there see the trail system, see how long it takes to travel, and then hopefully maybe find some sheep. Obviously, I was really excited to look for sheep, but that wasn't the main goal of that first trip in there. Um, It's a pretty big investment to get into that country. And so, yeah, I just wanted to get in there, see the country, hopefully find some sheep. And and yeah, I ended up seeing a band of ewes and lambs, and there was like a two-year-old ram in there. On that was the third day of scouting on that first trip, and I've never been so excited to see ewes and lambs, man. It yeah. was when it was super hot in like it was mid-July basically, and it was just so hot, and I was struggling, and you're you're trying to ration water, so I was kind of dehydrated and. Uh, by myself, you know, and so you get kind of discouraged after glassing for hours and hours by yourself. And just, there's not even deer in a lot of that country that we were in. <laughs> and you're just like glassing just bare hillsides. And uh, so I was, I was so fired up. I spotted that you, you and lamb running around in the rocks and I was like fist pumping by myself. Cause it was just so exciting to like see sheep in a unit that I had to tag in. It was pretty, it was pretty exciting, but it was still like, talking to the biologist and stuff it's like if you're seeing ewes and lambs you're probably in the wrong spot for rams so it was still it it was a little bit like helpful but it was mostly just exciting to see sheep in a unit that i was gonna have a tag for there's there's times in the frank where i think you just get excited to see any sign of life (laughs) oh dude yeah you guys have spent a lot of time there doing death hikes and stuff it's so surprising because that country looks like you should be seeing like giant bucks in there and stuff and it's pretty desolate. It's like there's not a lot of life in there, which is really interesting. And I'm I'm not really sure why that's the case. But yeah, if you see movement, it's time to get excited. Like when you're glassing. Yeah, I I ran into um a guy, actually a couple older guys that had the tag when I had it in like the 90s, and they were oh. super curious to hear what I saw because the one guy was like, oh, there you know there'd be bucks on this hillside and. This, this whole canyon was chock full of elk and they were bugling all September when I was in there hunting. And, and I was like, man, what, uh, when I reported back to them, they were pretty depressed about it. Cause it was like, there's just nothing lives there anymore. I saw like one elk, my entire hunt yep. uh, and, and just a couple deer. I mean, it was, it was pretty sad. That's crazy. That's super interesting that back in the day there were animals in there. Cause it, it just looks right. so, I don't understand why there's not. So that's interesting that there used to be. Yeah. I, I think wolves loss of habitat from fires and then over hunting i think it's it's kind of all three of those things that's interesting but, uh, yeah huh. so that was you said that first trip that was mid-july yeah that was mid-july basically as soon as like the snow melted that i could get into that country so it was yeah. early to mid-july nice and then when was that second trip we it sounds like you found some rams yeah, man, that was exciting. I went back. It was, I think, like August 1st. I went back for my second trip in there after coming out, pouring over maps again, kind of being like, well, the rams are probably a little higher than those ewes and lambs. And so picked a spot on the map and hiked in there, went a long ways on the trail and then cut off the trail and went up this kind of gnarly ridge system and uh, just took a, a bivy sack and you got to pack water up there and stuff. And so it's a pretty good investment to get into like where you think there's rams it's kind of hard at least it was for me and the the shape that i'm in to like change areas so i kind of picked a spot and i was committed to go in there i had um three nights worth of gear so it was going to be a relatively quick trip and uh yeah went in that second trip climbed up there and 
didn't see anything the first day. And so my excitement started to wane a little bit, just, you know, hours of glassing, not seeing anything, covering quite a bit of country, only probably hiking about two miles, but just glassing a ton of country. You know, once I got to my camp, I only hiked about two miles and yeah, just didn't see anything that first day. Second day got up and it was actually socked in and raining in August, which it, it was like, felt like about the only day it rained up there. So I was feeling bad for myself sitting in the fog. I was like, why has it got to be foggy now? You know? And so I ended up hiking out um, a different ridge system, didn't glass anything. And I was, I don't know why I was feeling bad for myself. It's pretty special just to get to be in that country. So there's no reason to be like down really, but I was just like, I hadn't seen a Ram yet. And I was feeling a little down and walked back to camp. And I got back to my camp about hour and a half before dark and I was making a mountain house and I kind of felt like just sitting in camp and eating my mountain house but I was like that's stupid I hiked all the way in here so I'm gonna go back over this other little ridge that was only about a 30 minute walk from my camp and glass this like pretty tight small basin that had had some water in it and I was like well I'm here so I'm gonna take my mountain house I'm gonna go over there I'm gonna eat it and I'm gonna glass till dark and so I get my mountain house walk around the ridge and uh, plop down and immediately there is, there's a ram like 400 yards away. I started glassing. I couldn't see it with my naked eye even that close. It was just, they blend in pretty good. And uh, so when you spot them with your binos at 12 power at 450 yards, and it's like a nice mature ram, it's just the, my heart literally like skipped a beat, skipped a beat. I was <laughs> so excited. I was like, I, I don't know if I've ever been that excited when, you know, I didn't have a tag yet while I was hunting. It was just, yeah, got over there and spotted a ram. And then it was like, there's another ram, another ram, another ram. And there were, it was a band of nine rams. And for me, there were three shooters in there. I mean, some people are probably more selective than me, but I just wanted a ram that was mature, like that looked like a nice, pretty ram, you know, and uh, so I wasn't going to be super picky. Obviously, the bigger, the better. But it was for me, there were three shooters in that band of nine rams. And I was fired up. They walked around all over the hill. They bedded down. They were like raking bushes with their horns and stuff. And so I, I got to just totally soak in the experience of spotting those first rams while I was eating my mountain house right before dark. And I was I was fired up. I was so, so excited when I spotted those guys over there. That's awesome. Yeah, what a treat just to be able to watch them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, getting to just soak in that experience. Um, it, like, I love hunting with Alyssa and with my dad and my brother, but just to be there <clears throat> alone in the backcountry and just sit there, eat my mountain house, watch them in the spotting scope at 400 yards. It, you know, you'd zoom in and you can see them breathing and you can see their nostrils moving and then, you know, picking leaves off of shrubs and stuff. Is It was a really really special experience it was pretty neat you're making me like i'm gonna start a gofundme account so i can buy the the governor's tag and go in there and again. <laughs> go fund me. <laughs> please help me go hunt yeah. the bike again please donate yeah <laughs> uh the uh, yeah i mean so many things um my mind partially goes to logistics of okay those rams located there was there anything about their location that made you think they would or wouldn't hang out in that area and then obviously tied to that is like what does that immediately do for your strategy of the beginning of the hunt things like how close you can camp or the best vantage point the best way to like get back in there without blowing it up that type of thing yeah super good question and that was like immediately on the front of my mind was like i'm too close right now i would have rather spotted them you know, like a half mile, mile away, because I was right on top of them close enough that if the wind switched, like they could potentially even wind me and bump out of there. And you hear those sheep in that unit, like if you bump them, they'll head for the timber. And it was getting, you know, it was still a month away from season. So it was a ways off. But I was like, um, I wanted to make sure and not spook them on that first trip while I was there. Um, so I actually, I end up packing up my camp that next morning and just heading out. I didn't try and find them the next morning, even though I had another day's worth of food and water. I was like, all right, I know where the Rams are. Let's get out of here while we're ahead and not bump them into some other basin. <laughs> Excuse me. Because it was, it was really a, a tight little basin. 
And um, it was like, sweet. It, it looked on the map like there should be sheep in there. Like it, it looked like good country. So I, even though I was a little discouraged before I walked over there, I had a pretty good idea that there could be sheep in that little, it's kind of like a tight hanging basin. It's like up off the main Creek and stuff a little bit. And I, I was like, yeah, there could be sheep in there. So, um, but the only place to glass into it was from about that 400 yard range. You couldn't see it from any other angle. Um, so yeah, so as far as logistics, um, it ended up when we went back in there, we ended up camping, um, probably three quarters of a mile away, but you got to hike up, uh, like an extra steep ridge to make sure that your wind doesn't suck around and into that basin. So, um, yeah, we, we would hike up from kind of around the corner from that basin and camped about three quarters of a mile, um, and then you would just hike. It was about a 45 minute hike from our camp to glass into that little basin. But I mean, they, the sheep, they could be anywhere in there. And so it was, it was still a little nerve wracking to camp that close, just, you know, cause they could just as easily come around the corner and walk right through camp and you bump them out of that area. So, um, but we paid attention to it for sure. Trying to make sure that specific little basin was sacred to us, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm feel free to talk more about you know you guys did this third trip get some gear in there or if we want to dive straight into the hunt i if i recall correctly i mean it, it, listeners at this point may be thinking all right ram's located they can go back in there it sounds like these sheep aren't going to get messed with like this could be easy this could be an opening day deal but uh that's what I thought too. yeah that that's not how it went <laughs> down but i don't know all the details so i'm excited yeah. to hear more of the story yeah, man, it was, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, all right, like the odds of, there are, you know, several tags in that unit, but it's huge country, tons of folds. This is kind of an obscure little basin. And it was, it was like, all right, like dad's going to come on this first hunt with us because my dad could come over for or from Oregon for one hunt. And we weren't sure if it was going to be the opener because most folks don't kill their sheep um, early September, looking at the harvest records and stuff. So we were kind of thinking maybe we would go in and, you know, treat the first trip like another scouting trip. This was before I spotted those rams. We were thinking maybe dad will come a little later in September. But once I spotted those rams, it was like, all right, dad's going to come on the first trip. We're going to march in there. We're going to set up in the dark in the morning and they're going to walk out at 400 yards. You know, it was like <laughs> it was like high hopes. But yeah, like you said, that's not the way it worked out. So yeah, our, our third trip in there, we just dropped off gear. And that was our first trip with our the K4 uh, packs. We we got those K4 packs and um, we we had them broken in, like the, the lumbar support, you know, and stuff like that. We hiked around the house and stuff and got them broken in and knew they were going to be awesome. You don't want to take, you know, a brand new pack into the backcountry. So we knew they were going to be good. So loaded those scenes almost full. We have the 7200 and with camera gear and enough food for three of us for I think seven days. We took seven days of food. We filled up those babies and and packed them most of the way in there. We we took them about two thirds of the way into a to a good camp spot and then headed back out. And yeah, we met up with my dad. Um he met us at our house in Chalice and we uh loaded up light packs, got the rifle and optics and stuff like that and headed in on the 28th and season opened on the 30th. So we left the trailhead on the 28th, um, hiked that two thirds of the way into actual like sheep camp and uh, took a break there, stayed the night there. And uh, my dad did awesome, man. It was, it was like about 10 miles to that first camp and he wasn't, he was just trucked right in there and was like doing good. He had a light pack and stuff, but it's still, that's a kind of a long walk. And um, so hiked in there on the 28th, stayed the night of the 28th, um, in my unit, but not where I saw the sheep and then hiked the rest of the way up into that country on the 29th and took the tough way up the ridge, trying to stay out of that basin and got our camp set up on the evening of the 29th in time to um, do some glassing. Um, but we stayed out of that basin where I had scouted the rams on the night of the 29th, just in case the wind was wrong and they happened to be in there. So it was pretty hard to not peek in there the night before the opener, but we're like, no, let's just stay out and uh, we'll keep our distance and put all our chips in to opening day. So, but man, it, it's like the night before opening day is always exciting, whether it's general deer or, 
you know, whatever it is, archery antelope, I'm always fired up. Like the night before I just get so excited. And this was, it was next level. Like, thankfully we had hiked so far and I was pretty tired that I was able to sleep, but man, it was like, it was, it was pretty hard to like pause, soak in like the country and, um, just not be like so anxious for opening day. So, um, I'm, I'm thankful we got bigger packs because we filled those things like <laughs> there's no water up there and so we had to yeah. fill the creek at the at the base and i don't remember what the climb up was 1800 feet yeah it was about 1800 feet from the creek to but where it's we just straight up and down deadfall the whole way up there and so it's like i'm like oh thank goodness we don't have to make more trips than this so yeah we were able yeah. to get water we needed for at least a few days between the three of us and hike it all the way up there and uh set up camp and you you guys would be so ashamed of us uh, we are not good like backpack hunters we're like our packs were just chalked to the to the brim those 7200 packs you'd be like what do these guys do <laughs> those people are cutting handles off toothbrushes and we we had the long lens for our camera and, like, yeah ridiculous but uh yeah it was, it was definitely nice to have a good pack for sure <laughs> good yeah so yeah we got in there and so opening morning, opening morning, we woke up in the dark, obviously had our coffee. We're sitting there just like excitement level was at an 11. We we thought we were going to walk around the corner and glass up some sheep and um, had our breakfast, hiked up to our glassing point. That was about a 30, 40 minute walk and uh, got set up in the dark got the rifle you know all lined out aimed in the right direction set up on the bipod and i, I was like ready to go and it started started getting light and uh we you could glass into that basin for about a half hour and we didn't see anything but it's they're so hard to see and there's like some timber in there and stuff and so it, you're starting to be like ah oh, maybe they're not in here this morning but you're still glassing pretty intently and um Alyssa goes i hear something behind us and uh so I'm like, what is it like? Really? She's like, yeah, it's rocks rolling. It's definitely like an animal. I don't know what it is, but there's something back there. And uh, so I'm like, well, it's probably sheep. There's like nothing else in here. So I, I grab my rifle and I like kind of hunker over and start sneaking. It's the ridge kind of rolled behind us. It wasn't very like sharp break. So I'm sneaking and looking <clears throat> and from my left coming up, walking left to right is a a dude there's a guy and i'm like oh, oh no so yeah I, I see him i recognized him immediately it was the guide so they the the outfitter in that area they do fishing trips all summer and so i had ran into their guide in the summer a couple times actually when i was hiking out from scouting and so i'd seen him and i just wave at him he didn't he didn't know i was sheep hunting but like we didn't talk about it but he probably was like yeah that guy's sheep hunting just because of where i was coming from and you know that type of thing and uh yeah i i recognized him immediately so he's coming and then another guy and then a guy with a rifle so it was the guide um the hunter and the hunter's buddy and they had actually camped right at the bottom <laughs> right at the bottom of that hanging basin where I had scouted the rams. Um, we ended up seeing their little like kicked out baby spots. And so they, they'd been in there, he said for two days prior to season actually. And so they hiked up and man, I honestly, I felt bad for myself. Like I was super down, but I honestly felt worse probably for their hunter. He was, he was the older guy and he was struggling. Like he was really tired and he was so disappointed to see me like, he couldn't even make eye contact with me. He wasn't rude, but he was just like borderline devastated to see other people in his spot when, you know, he had paid, you know, good money to have be outfitted and you just kind of expect to be by yourself when you're in that country. And um, he was so disappointed. So we had a little conversation like, you know, where are you guys planning on going type thing? You know, this is what I'm planning on doing. But like I said earlier, that country, it's such a big investment to like change ridge systems. You can't really realistically just be like, okay, you go this way, I'll go this way. You're just kind of committed to being in there. And um, so we had, it, it was a pleasant, like they were friendly and we wished each other good luck, but you know, both parties were just so, so disappointed yeah. to be someone else, see someone else in that spot. It was, it was pretty, 
pretty devastating to everyone involved. <laughs> and at the time, we didn't know, like, where they had camped. And so we're like, then it's in the back of your head, like, did they already see some sheep in here and, you know, bump them out? Are the sheep still in here? Like, where have those guys been already? So that's also, like, playing in the back of your mind then at that point. Yeah, mm -hmm. all, all they said was, we've been up here for two nights and so we didn't know exactly where here was until we saw their little kicked out camp spot later. Um, but yeah, they're like, we've been here for two nights and they were clearly going to a different area. Like they were leaving that little basin and going around the corner to one about a half mile away. And um, so it was like, man, did they bump the Rams and like they know they're gone. So they're leaving or did they never know about the Rams? So then you start playing kind of some mental games and you're like, well, should we stay here? Should we leave? And so to make a long story short, we chose to just commit to glass in that country. We kept our camp in the same spot. It was like, this is the only place I've seen rams. There were nice rams in here. And so, you know, we're just going to commit to glass in this country for that full six or seven days. And um, and so that's what we did. It was, it was disappointing on opening day. And then it only got more and more disappointing as you ticked <laughs> off the days of just glassing and glassing and that time of year in late August, early September, the days are so long. You get up early, go to a glassing spot, glass for, you know, six or seven hours, then maybe move for the evening, glass for another, you know, four or five hours, whatever. And we just, we didn't see anything for days until like day five, we did see some ewes and lambs. And that was honestly a big morale booster. Um, it was super fun. They were like running around the cliffs and the lambs were like just like parkouring up cliffs and like jumping and butting their mom and then they kick <laughs> off running. And it was it was super fun to watch. But um, but yeah, that was that ended up being the highlight of that first trip was just watching those ewes and lambs because we never saw a single ram. It was it, it it was pretty disappointing walking out with my dad, um, like knowing that he wasn't gonna be there when we got our sheep. Cause at that point I was like, all right, that's it. Dad, dad came in here. He hiked his butt around. He glassed super hard, covered this country really good. It's like, if he can do that at 67, Alyssa and I will do whatever it takes. We're going to get a ram and we'll take it back to Oregon. We'll show dad. But it was a little disappointing that it was like, oh man, dad's not going to get to be here, you know, for field photos and that experience of walking up to, you know, my big horn sheep. So it was, it was a little disappointing, but at the same time, getting to experience that country with dad and Alyssa and you, you just, you walk back to camp like at last light in that country and you can just look out and you just see like roadless wilderness, literally as far as the eye can see. And like the moon's coming up and the stars are out and there's just, you know, a little bit of light in the Western sky. It's like, it was a super special experience to get to be in there with dad and Alyssa. And I tried my best to keep a positive attitude, not get down and frustrated and just soak in, you know, the the blessing of getting to experience that country with dad and Alyssa but yeah so that that first trip it was unsuccessful as far as getting a ram but it was a super cool experience um to Mid be in there midway through that trip we ended up needing more water and so we ended up dropping down into that little basin that was the only spot to get water which the is basin where the sheep had where mm -hmm. we yeah. yeah it's really nerve-wracking because you're like they could be in here so we're like trying to make sure the wind's sucking down out of that basin before we go down in there fill up on water and like just get out of there but there was sheep sign in there like you could see where they had bedded where they had browsed like so they had definitely been in there been living in there um but they weren't in there the whole time we were there so we still felt like there was a chance that we could see sheep there um so yeah that's part of the reason we opted to stay where we did yeah yep and did this is skipping ahead, but did you ever talk to that outfitter again, see them, know if they had any success or anything like that? Yeah, so it's probably good to skip ahead because of for sake of time. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so on our next trip in, my mom stayed at our house, took care of our mules. Dad had to come back home to Oregon to work. And so it was just going to be me and Alyssa going back in on that next trip. And on the way in, we actually ran into the outfitter. Um, the hunter had already gone out on horses. They had a horse camp kind of in the bottom. And uh, so the hunter was gone, which I was really disappointed. I would have loved to talk to him. But we saw the outfitter 
And they did get a ram um, during the period that we were out of that back country. We came out for three days and went back in without my dad. And they ended up killing a ram during that three-day gap. And he got a really nice one, like broomed on both sides. And uh, like I saw a picture of it and he's just smiling ear to ear. So it was <clears throat> it was pretty cool because not only did that guy get his ram, but also he was gone. So it was like, then it was back to being like, all right, this is our area. Like we feel pretty good that we're the only ones in here now. So it was like double exciting on the way in. Like that guy was happy and he was gone. And we were able to ask him at the time, they didn't have any other hunters coming in. So we're like, okay, good. Like they're, they're out of the picture now, unless like one of the other tag holders moves into this area, we're totally alone up here. So it was a good feeling for sure. It was. So that second trip, our second hunting trip, it was just me and Alyssa, and uh, we took enough food, I think, for six days again, and we had in there, and we were pretty committed. It, eight, yeah. yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, we, we were pretty committed. It was like, all right, we're going back to the same spot again, which that was a whole decision-making process, whether to go somewhere totally new or go back where I had scouted those rams, and we we chose to go back to where we scouted those rams, but be more open to, you know, packing up camp, moving at least out that ridge system a little farther and looking at some new country after a couple of days. So long story short, we got in there, got our camp set up in the same exact spot that we camped with my dad. And uh, we didn't see any rams the first two days. And so we were starting to be like, all right, you know, let's think about moving. We're going to go one more day into the same spot, we're going to glass it really good. And if we don't see anything, we're out of here. Like we, it's insanity to just keep doing the same exact thing and just glassing this empty hillside. And so it was like, if we don't see anything this day, we're moving. So we went in there, glassed from our glassing spot and we were out of water. So we were like, all right, we're going to drop down, get some water, then go back to camp and uh, go to some new country. So when we were dropping down into the basin that we'd already been glassing for about three hours, we actually jumped a young ram and we were like so disappointed when we jumped him because we'd been glassing it and you're like set up ready to shoot that basin. And uh, we we didn't see him. He was kind of over to the left in some big boulders. And I don't know if he was bedded out of sight or if somehow we just missed him. But when we went in to get water, we jumped uh, this ram and that early in September, generally there's like, they're not by themselves is what I've heard anyway. And, um, but he was by himself, thankfully. So it was just a two-year-old Ram, definitely not a shooter. And I tried to get set up to like get a shot in case there was another Ram with him. And I, I just couldn't get set up at the angle he was and the distance he was. And so I was super thankful that there wasn't a shooter in there because it would have been so devastating to bump him out of there ourselves after trying to glass it. So, but it was super exciting. Like we're like, all right, like we saw a Ram with a tag in our pocket. Like that was kind of a little glimmer of hope. And so filled up our water and we're like, all right, we, we saw a Ram in here. We only spooked the one. So we'll just keep our camp in the same spot and, you know, glass here again in the morning. So packed our water back to camp and uh, got a good night's sleep. And we ended up glassing um, kind of more towards the West the next morning and didn't see anything. We wanted to let the wind get really good because in the morning it would kind of suck down into that basin where we had seen the Rams. So we glassed somewhere else in the morning and then moved over to our like our primary basin where the water was and where we had jumped that young ram and um, got set up on the ridge. And basically that whole basin is shootable. It's like from, you know, it the top of its outer range at probably 650 or so, but most of the basin is shootable. So we set up and we glassed for about an hour and a half and uh, I'm looking through my binos on a tripod and I'm like, Alyssa, do you want to use the, the spotting scope on this tripod? I'm, I'm going to take a nap. So uh, I'm offer the tripod to her and she goes, yeah, I'll take it. And then she like is a weird um, tone in her voice. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. And then she goes, I see a Ram. I think it's a shooter. <laughs> he's gonna take a nap and he's like do you want to use this tripod and i have the stabilizing binoculars we just got them actually for the sheep hunt they're awesome and so i'm sitting there and i realize i can see legs of an animal 
And I'm like, well, maybe it's a deer because it can't be a sheep because we haven't seen any sheep, you know? <laughs> and then I realize it's standing on this pillar of rock and I'm like, that has to be a sheep, but it's heads turned back behind it because he's sniffing around looking for a place to bed down. And I'm like, I don't want to get Jason all worked up. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to make sure it's a ram before I like be like, there's a sheep, you know? And so I'm glassing it and all of a sudden he picks up his head and I'm like, so there's a sheep. I think it's a shooter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to get ready. <laughs> and just stay calm. <laughs> yeah. And me get pretty jazzed up before the shot before. So she was like talking in her calming voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was immediately like, oh my gosh. And she was explaining where he was and he was in a very shootable spot. And so it was like, holy smokes. Like it went from zero to 60. I was about to nap. And then there was a ram, probably a shooter in range. And so I, she, she directed me into him, you know, with the binos, you know, and Saw him and it's like, yep, that's one I want to shoot. It's it's not the biggest one I saw scouting, but it's a mature ram and just a beautiful animal. And it's like, absolutely. It, it was day nine at this point of hunting. And um, it was like, yep, that's definitely one that I would be so excited to take. So from there, it's like, you know, I crawl back to my rifle that was on the crest of the ridge about five yards behind me, you know, crawl back there and once you spot him, you feel like you're just right out in the wide open, like he's going to see you, even though in reality, we'd been, you know, kind of moving around on that ridge a little bit for the last couple hours, but crawl back to the rifle and she crawled back behind me and like got the phone, phone scope set up and stuff. Cause we're videoing the hunt. And so she crawls back behind me and he bedded down. And so it went from him potentially, disappearing into the timber any second to him bedding down and it being like oh my gosh like okay we have time let's take a deep breath let's you know do everything right so I was able to kind of calm down once he bedded down it was less of that rushed feeling and more of like okay let's run through like the the process here let's get this done so I got set up on the rifle and Again, she's a, my my co-pilot. She's like, do you want to dry fire? I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Like, let's calm down and like dry fire once. And uh, so got set up on him. And I'll never forget. I, I have a bipod. I had my packable rain gear under the rear end of my rifle. And it's just dead calm. And I'll never forget settling those crosshairs on that sheep without a bullet in the chamber. And it was just like... He, he was at 434. So for me, that's a like pretty far shot. Um, it, we practiced all summer and stuff. And it's like my gun could hit a quarter at that distance. Like it, it all my gear can do it. But it's like I just haven't grown up shooting that far um, at animals anyway. So but I'll never forget looking at him through the crosshairs. It's dead steady. And I'm like, there is no way I'm missing this sheep. Like we're about to kill a sheep. So I double check, make sure one's not in the chamber and just start pressing the trigger and it just clicked just perfect. It never even like left his heart. He was kind of bedded facing to the right and he kind of had one leg kicked out and I decided I was going to shoot him when he was bedded down. It was like less variables, like you're not rushed at all. You have all the time. So I was like, I was like, we'll just shoot him bedded down here. He had his leg kicked out. And yeah, so I was aiming just right at the top of his heart and the crosshairs didn't even move. And the gun just click goes off. I'm like, whoo, I wish I wish that was my real shot. We'd have a sheep right now. Like we'd be good to go. So I rack one in and I didn't know I was shaking this much, but I had a GoPro set up aimed at me, like getting set up. And we watched the footage and I rack, rack one in. And you can see when my hand goes like from the bolt, over towards the trigger, you can see my hand just shaking. Like, <laughs> I didn't feel it in the moment. I was like focused on my breathing and stuff, but apparently I was pretty worked up. But thankfully, I had a good rest. So, rack one in, get set up again, and just kind of press the the butt of the gun into that packable rain gear. The crosshairs just come up, just settle right on the heart. I'm like, take a deep breath, really focus and just start pressing the trigger, start pressing, pressing. And you're supposed to kind of, you know, go through your process or your mantra or whatever, I guess. Um, but I remember thinking as I was pressing the trigger, I was like, we're about to kill bighorn sheep. There's no way I'm going to miss. Like, this is over. And I'm actually kind of glad I did that because it just burned into my memory that like confidence of the dead steady crosshairs on 
what is probably my only bighorn sheep I'll ever kill. So press the trigger and boom, it went off and it just absolutely hit exactly where my crosshairs were. Um, it was just a perfect shot. And he actually ended up, it, it went through like one lung really good and came out below the back strap on the opposite side, but it was a little, a little higher just because of the way he was laying. So he ended up, he did stand back up, but he, he died like, you know, 10 yards from where he was bedded. It was just a like a perfect shot and it just like the perfect way to, to end an awesome sheep hunt. It was pretty, pretty special. And she got the whole thing on film, which is super fun because we were able to show my dad and my mom, you know, we put on the computer and show them the footage and stuff like that. So I'm really thankful we got it on film too. Man. So cool. It was awesome. It was, it was really a special thing and it, I'll never forget it. There's no way I'll ever forget that. That was a pretty special memory. Did you have like a big, what was the reaction? Like big adrenaline dump, excitement, like kind of calm and disbelief, you know? That's a good question. Oh, go ahead, Alyssa. I cried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like knew how much it meant to him. And so, yeah, I, I lost it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was relief is probably the best way to say it, because you go into that hunt with such high hopes and the anticipation and then to not see a shooter ram for the first eight days of the actual hunt um, to then all of a sudden, like, there he is, get set up, shoot him. He's down. It's just kind of like uh it was kind of slow to hit you and it as it's you're like soaking in the experience you're like i can't believe we have a bighorn sheep that we're about to walk up to together it's yeah it was it was relief is definitely the best way to say it and with a tinge of excitement for sure like relief with a little bit of fist pumping and high-fiving <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's just like the i mean the old saying you know the, the harder you work right the, the more enjoyable like the reward is and the Frank is just the perfect example of that because it's. I, I mean, I know those eight days leading up to it. I've, I've I was I was there, right? Like you, it's something about you just because you're just not like no matter how optimistic you are going into day one of that hunt after eight days of you know they're long daylight hours. You're you're twelve, thirteen, fourteen hours of behind binos. Like you can't help but start just like doubting, and you're not yeah. seeing elk. You're not seeing deer. You're just not seeing any signs of life, and then to finally see a sheep and, and kill it. It's, you just feel like you, you know, pulled a needle out of a haystack. That's exactly what it felt like. It, it yeah. felt like pulling a needle out of a haystack is a good way to say yeah. it. Yeah. We glass probably 14 hours a day somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A couple. Yeah, of I don't days. doubt that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it's the second Ram we had seen and we were glassing just miles and miles and miles of country, you know, and you're like, my eyes are bleeding. We haven't yeah. seen it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard to keep an upbeat attitude as you're going through all that. That's for it sure. Is. And you're fighting fighting water. Uh that, you guys oh, yeah. had a pretty good year for fires, right? You didn't oh, yeah. have to deal with yeah. so much smoke. Super fortunate. There was like no smoke. It was really good glassing conditions. And it was funny because the night before there's a there's some timber over off around the corner of where these rams were like maybe they went into this timber. So we ended up going and glassing over there and we heard some rocks rolling. And uh, so we're glassing and glassing and, and Jason ended up, I don't remember what happened. Oh, he didn't put enough water. It was, it ended up being his birthday. He didn't put enough water in his mountain house. <laughs> and so it was like really dry. And so it's like <laughs> birthday, we haven't seen a ram. This is towards the end of the day. We finally hear some rocks rolling and then a, a mountain goat ends up coming out. And we're like, no, it's just a mountain goat, you know, which is cool to see. But when you're looking for sheep. Yeah, so yeah. Down that day. And, and uh, we ended up, that was right before we ended up walking around and, and um, I think we had seen that little ram the next day. We're like, we'll stay here one more day. And that was when we saw that little ram. But, you know, we were, we were really discouraged. And um, it's a weird thing because you get discouraged and down. But then at the same time, what a privilege to be in that yeah. country, have the yeah. tag, have the ability to experience that country. So you're like constantly reminding yourself, like, what a privilege to be here. But, man, I wish we could find a ram, too, you know. But the day... <laughs> day we ended up seeing that the ram that he shot we both woke up and and uh jason got up and got out of the tent and started making his coffee and stuff and and i came out and i'm like you know i just feel good about today and he's like yeah me too and like all day we were just like i just feel good about today like yep. i don't know what it was <laughs> and uh 
and then yeah we ended up seeing that realm and so i don't know it's just kind of funny that we both after being down it's like a few days you know and we're like this is kind of our last trip in here like logistically trying to find someone to take care of the all the animals and stuff is hard and and uh yeah and then and then his dad said the same thing he woke up back in oregon and looked up at the moon and it was like a crescent moon in the shape of a ram's horn he said it reminded me of a ram's horn he's like oh that's a sheep killing moon you know today's gonna be (laughs) yeah i'm just sat like i've been listening to your story and then daydreaming about my hunt and man i just i want to go back there so bad i know you get the itch definitely it's a real thing yeah Yeah. well the work wasn't over the excitement the relief (laughs) the pulling the needle out of the haystack but uh what takeaways how did the pack out go or even recovery like just because you shot him and he's even in sight doesn't mean it's always easy to even get to him yeah i and i'll i'll try to keep this brief because i know you you guys podcast is usually around an hour or so but the the pack out was a very like it was a cool part of the experience and like you guys know with the death hike and stuff how that um kind of shared suffering has a lot of value and so yeah we processed the sheep really soaked in that experience we got to camp by that little lake you know where we had been getting water and trying to stay out of there so we had a really nice camp that last night we were like all right how are we going to do this we have all our filming gear we have my rifles 13 and a half pounds we have tripods spotting scopes everything and it was like warm out so you want to get the meat out in a timely manner and we had it was 15 miles to go um and so anyways it was trying to figure out what to do so we camped that night soaked in the experience we had tenderloins over a little campfire and just like really soaked it in but in the back of your mind you know the next day is going to be gnarly so what we decided to do was we would take out the whole sheep including life-size cape with Alyssa being a taxidermist she life-sized the whole thing she skinned it all out for me (laughs) took care of the hide and stuff so (laughs) we had the life-size cape the whole sheep and we decided that we would just take all the sheep parts the rifle and the optics and then i would go back in and pick up like our tent and stuff so we took emergency gear like we took a tarp and one sleeping bag and then just sheep optics and rifle out and it ended up being right at 210 pounds worth of stuff on that first trip uh Alyssa carried 90 and i carried uh, 99 actually so 200 and whatever that is i guess I did my math wrong. I shouldn't do public math, but she had a 90-pound pack, <laughs> and I had a 99-pound pack, and uh, we hiked it out that next day, um, and we took the emergency gear just in case, like, we had a cramp issue or strained something or, God forbid, roll an ankle or something like that. We did take the one sleeping bag and tarp just in case we needed to stay a night on the way out, but we made it the, the 15 miles out in one pull. I think it ended up taking right at 11 hours and it was it was honestly pretty painful um even even though you know 99 pounds isn't that heavy of a pack it's just like the repetitive like just you know step after step after step it ended up being pretty painful but we would take breaks and really try and soak it in because the whole time I'd been scouting I was just like anticipating hiking out this trail with a bighorn sheep on my pack and uh so we would sit down and talk about how bad you know our our legs hurt and then we would talk about how awesome it is that we have a sheep in our pack and um try to soak in that suffering for that last day coming out of sheep country we try to go like a mile at a time we <laughs> we go for a while and be like all right this has got to be a mile and look down it's like you know 0. 0.7 or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like darn it. yeah we would set little goals for ourselves like all right we got to go a mile before we take our next break and plopped yeah. down it was like barely over half a mile so we were we were inching our way out of there but at the same time we were trying to really soak in that pain because uh, for us it's always been like the heavy pack out is such a big part of the memory and I don't know if it's how I was raised or like competition with my brother it's always like just having a heavy pack and embracing that suffering and then the like reward of getting to the truck at the trailhead and like dropping the tailgate it's just like it's such a big part of the memory for for us. So it was it was kind of the the pinnacle of like tough pack outs thus far in my life. It was pretty it was pretty cool to get to do that with Alyssa. And thank goodness, like she is pretty tough, you know, and could carry a bunch of bunch of gear. So it was it was a big part of the experience. That's amazing. 
It, it was. It was pretty cool. Yeah, getting to the trailhead is an experience that I'll never forget also. We got to the trailhead, and actually, unfortunately, we drive a Subaru, so it doesn't sound quite as cool as dropping the tailgate. But <laughs> <laughs> I lifted the hatchback and sat yeah, down. Yeah. Hatchback at the trailhead, man, and then sitting on the bumper. It's like, ah, it feels so good. <laughs> That's rad. Uh-huh. Good uh-huh. stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it was awesome. awesome the whole experience so it, it couldn't have been any better honestly though actually the only way it could have been better is if dad had been there but it's like you don't really want to kill a sheep on opening day of your only sheep hunt and so it's like the whole experience from scouting and not seeing anything to being like you know 15 miles in there and just being a really tough physical hunt to making a like a good shot at the moment of truth the hard pack out it was just the absolute pinnacle and it like just a huge blessing to have that experience with dad and with Alyssa. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. We were chatting a little bit before I hit record. You're asking me questions about my sheep hunt and hadn't heard the whole story, but it was very similar. Went into that hunt uh, with a Ram that uh, my buddy Mark, who's the guide had scouted. And there's like this very real possibility of opening day. We're just going to shoot a Ram and uh, that, that didn't happen. And then there's a lot of struggle and setbacks and uh, you know, just, discouragement and then ultimately on day nine it's funny similar story 15 mile pack out all the same stuff but it's like man i'm so glad it didn't happen like the quote-unquote easy way of like oh yeah a ram opening day shot it hunts over you know uh just the same so much more depth to it that's funny yeah yours was day nine also yeah that's cool yeah his his ram ended up dying right on a it wouldn't have been a bad cliff for it to go off of but right on the edge and so it's like walking through those rim rocks and then just peering down and seeing that sheep on that ledge down there was like oh my gosh this is real life you know like this actually happened and he just had the coolest black horns from living in that burn and i i remember he had more mass than i thought he did when he shot him um looking at him through you know the spotting scope and so it's like just walking up on him and actually feeling like how heavy their heads are. You know, you hear about how heavy their horns are and how dense they are and just being able to hold those in your hand and then like eating tenderloins over the fire. And you hear about sheep being some of the best meat. And it really is. It was, it was so good. And just that part for me was like the, the absolute like top for this trip. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Alyssa, what's the, what's the taxidermy bill for Jason? (laughs) <laughs> i don't know I'll let's see what do i need done around <laughs> more chickens or another mule yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny because when we came out the first time i was like i'm never putting in for this tag like maybe a different one but probably not the unit we mm. ended up drawing and then as we're like packing out the sheep it was like oh, i might put in for this one and then you know two days after you're done packed out i'm like Yamping in for that next year. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're definitely doing uh, that yeah. again. Yeah. That's, yeah. So awesome. It was. It was a huge, huge blessing. Just awesome experience. Alyssa, I did want to ask, like, uh, you're doing your own taxidermy work now. Is that right? Because you mentioned, like, doing the apprenticeships and all that. But uh, you have your own business going in, in Chalice. Yeah. So I, I kind of did my own on the side for the last few years. But I worked for a shop um, as a full and so just in March, I transitioned over to doing all my own stuff. So um, we're able to kind of have a break because March isn't a great time for bringing in taxidermy work. So over the summer, we were able to enjoy our mules and just kind of, you know, catch up and and take a break really from taxidermy because I was feeling a little burnout from from doing so much work for that other shop. And so, um, yeah, then this fall, we started taking in stuff and and uh, I didn't really advertise and and ended up um getting a few outfitters that ended up bringing us quite a bit of stuff so it was awesome cool well you may not want to advertise but if you do <laughs> want to share the yeah. business so, if you are open to bringing on stuff i have a chalice taxidermy so c-h-a-l-l-i-s um and we're in chalice idaho and uh yeah i, I don't do birds or fish but any mammal work um that's primarily what i do and i enjoy doing uh like custom life sizes or or things like that that's what i did for the shop that i worked for um, for the last four years and kind of what I learned apprenticing as well. So that's definitely, uh, one thing I love to do is, is those custom life-size pieces and just something unique. So 
Yeah. I just jumped on Instagram and searched up that, that freaking Buffalo you have. That thing looks amazing. Thank you. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That is badass. Wow. The shop I work for, we ended up, we would flush and tan our own stuff. And, and so part of the tanning process is you have to um, thin down the hide with this like big blade, um, big rotating blade and lifting that life-size Buffalo hide and like running it against that blade is a serious workout it took two people just <laughs> thing onto the table and uh and yeah so that was uh that was quite the project and that one actually ended up going to china a guy from china had flown out shot that buffalo and uh so oh that wow one, yeah <laughs> but, that's wild very cool guys well thank you for sharing the story it's a such a special hunt and it's uh just fun to be able to hear about it. So I'm glad that uh, you reached out to let us know and we were able to make it happen. And yeah, just even, I know for Steve and I personally, we enjoy these conversations and stories and I know a bunch of listeners will as well. So thank you. Thank you for having us on. It's super fun to relive it and get to talk about it and just brings a smile to my face, just remembering that experience. So thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. It's been super fun. And thanks for your packs because packing out 90 pounds of sheep yeah man that would have destroyed me if i would have had a bad fitting pack so yeah i'm thankful to have something that that fits well and is comfortable because we needed it for sure i did want to mention too almost forgot you guys you mentioned earlier briefly you guys do some content like videos and stuff like that so i did want to uh just let listeners know about that if you want to obviously i can put a link in the show description but is there like a a channel name or like anything to easily find that yeah everything we're doing now we're really shifting our focus to youtube and uh so our youtube that we're putting everything on now is just mtn built mountain built but just mtn built and cool. uh we're we're learning as we go thankfully Alyssa's good at the editing and stuff but we decided to just make the leap buy the gear and learn as we go and just start you know because there's a little bit of fear starting that kind of thing and imposter mm-hmm. syndrome and stuff and so we're learning as we go and we're really enjoying the process and we're going to try to get a little better with every video we have coming out. So we have our next ones out are going to be a Western whitetail hunt. And then the sheep hunt will probably be out late, late December, probably. Perfect. We'll make sure and let us know when that happens. And in the meantime, we'll uh, have a link to the channel in the description. Awesome. Definitely. That thank sounds you. great. Thank you guys. It's been awesome talking to you guys. Yeah. Thank you. What a special story and experience that film that we mentioned would be coming is now live since it's been a little bit since we recorded this conversation. So be sure to check out the link in the show description if you actually want to watch this hunt unfold or see some photos as well. Thanks as always for tuning in. You'll also find links in the show description to get in contact with us. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, or suggestions, And if you are enjoying the show, it would help us tremendously if you could leave a rating or review in whatever podcast app you're using, or just share the show with a friend. Thanks for doing that, and we'll talk to you soon.